Hey guys, we are so glad you are here with us at Journey Church Online. If you're interested in getting more information about Journey Church, we have a messaging service where you can text the phrase, My Welcome to 94,000. Now this is not going to blow your phone up, but it will help you get to know a little bit more about Journey Church. Also, if you want updates, text it to your phone about what's going on here at Journey Church. Text My Journey to 94,000. As we get ready for today's message, take a minute, share this video with someone. The small action of sharing the service can be the start of life change for whoever sees it. Once again, we're so glad you're joining us today. guys welcome to journey today we kick off a new series called family foundations and as you guys know you know if the foundation of a home is not right uh, then that house is not right and so today I'm, I'm here on a house site this is where someone will build a, a nice home you can look out behind me and you know there's been some site prep that has been done and whenever we look into Matthew chapter 7 you know Jesus is teaching about foundations He's talking about the wise builder and the foolish builder and how important it is that we that we build on a good foundation. You know, and so, you know, here before even a bit of concrete has been poured, they've already done a little site prep. And if you know much about the Montgomery area, you know you have to deal with, with prairie soil in certain areas. And what type of soil and what that site is like has a lot to do with how well that house is going to do. And so in preparing that foundation, sometimes you have to prepare the, the soil. You have to prepare the, the place, the location. And so that's what they've done here. They've done a good job of preparing you know, the, the site to have it ready for whenever they'll come in. They'll dig footers and they'll then pour concrete and they'll pour slab. And right here beside me is where someone has already begun pouring. You know, they've already poured a slab. They've already poured uh, the foundation for their home. And, and so what they've done is they've said, you know, this is where we want to build a house. But I'm just telling you what we've got to do is we've got to say, God, I want to build a home. And I want to build a family. And I want it to be based on your teaching. And I want it to be based on what is truth and what is going to last for a, for a lifetime. And prayerfully, things that will last for an eternity. And so today, as we kind of unpack what it means to lay a solid foundation, we see in Scripture that Jesus is the cornerstone. And we're going to unpack that today. And what does it mean that Jesus is the cornerstone of our life? And so join me for this message. Hey, after watching that video, it's obvious and it's clear that foundations are critical. And it's, you know, the question oftentimes is, hey, on building a house or starting a family or, or maybe even for people who are saying, hey, listen, I want to begin to live in a way that honors God. Where do I start? And so that's the question. Where should I start? You know, and we start with that, that cornerstone. We start with that foundation. And it's so, it's so critical that we, we start right. You might think, well, Mike, you know, I'm older in, in life. You know, I'm I'm not a young person anymore, you know, and we've been married for many years. But still, here's the thing is, we can build on a solid foundation. And when we look in Matthew chapter 7, there's an incredible passage here uh, where Jesus is talking about the wise builder and the foolish builder. And, and he's talking about building on a solid foundation, how critical it is that we build on that. And so I, it doesn't matter if you're 
eight years old or 80 years old, you can begin today to build your life on that foundation, that solid foundation, that cornerstone, Jesus Christ. And so look at what it says here. It says, anyone who listens to my teaching, this is Jesus talking, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. So it's not only that we hear Jesus' teaching, but we apply it. You know, we, we, we listen to his teaching and we follow it. Too often, you know, I see people who will go, man, that's a great message, that's a great passage, that's a great scripture, but we don't apply that truth to our life. And what we always pray is that as we walk out of here, that we will have heard, you know, a word from God, maybe through the scriptures, that we go, you know what, I want to apply that biblical truth to my life. And so what Jesus said is the one who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on a solid rock. That's a good foundation. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on a bedrock. It's built on a solid foundation. And so what Jesus is saying, the, the wise builder builds on that solid rock, that solid foundation. But anyone who hears my teaching, listen to this, you know, they're, they're hearing it and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. And, and so, you know, Jesus is saying, hey, listen, you may hear it, but if you don't apply it, if you don't live it out, if you don't obey it, you're foolish. It's like, you know, hey, here's this treasure that has been given to me, but I'm going to choose something else. Then we're foolish. It says when the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, for he taught with real authority, quite unlike the teachers of religious law. So what Jesus is saying, there will be a lot of people that will hear the teachings that he brings. And there's some of you, maybe you were raised in church, uh, maybe you were, you, know, you were involved in church as a kid, teenager, but man, you heard it, but you did not apply it. And we often hear that where someone will say, you know, well, I didn't really understand what it meant to follow Christ or to accept Christ until just a few years ago. And, and so the thing is, is, you know, that foundation has to be established. And I know, you know, we raise our kids, we, you know, we want to see our kids successful in life, we want to launch them into life. But let me tell you, I had a conversation with a guy this past week, he called me, you know, we hadn't talked in years, and we were talking about, you know, we can raise our kids the right way. We can raise them to do certain things, but it's still their choice. It's a personal relationship. It's personal responsibility. And so even, you know, as we teach the Word of God, it's each individual person's responsibility to hear it and then to obey it. And, you know, and so we are to preach the Word of God, we're to teach the Word of God, but each individual has to either choose to accept or reject who Jesus is. And so building on that solid foundation, Jesus is saying, the, you know, hey, the, the wise, listen to this, the wise will literally listen and follow. So the wise will listen and follow. The wise are going to listen to what Jesus said, and they're going to follow it. They're going to apply it. The wise will listen and follow, and they're going to follow Christ. And that's why we become followers of Christ. We have listened to his teaching, and we followed it. It's like last week, you know, we talked about Jesus' model prayer. And, and how important it was that we be committed to prayer, that we find a time of prayer, and that we meet with the Father in prayer, and, and that Jesus' power, you know, that's where it came from. It's what the disciples wanted to learn how to do. And so for you and for me, you know, Jesus taught it, He modeled it, and so therefore we ought to follow Him. If we're wise, we will have a time of prayer daily. We'll be praying without ceasing, but we'll have that focused time to meet with the Father. The foolish, look at this, the foolish person doesn't obey. And, and, and I'm telling you, churches are full of people, you know, who, who know better, who know the right thing to do and they choose not to. 
You know, our world is full of people that know the right thing to do, but they choose to do what satisfies self, what satisfies the flesh. And they go, you know what, I, I want what I want, not what God wants. And Jesus says that wise builder is going to listen and follow my teachings. But the foolish will hear it. They may hear it, but they'll say, I'm going to do what I want to do. And they're going to say, well, I'm not sure that God is current in his, you know, his thinking or whatever. And they begin to go their own way. And that, that's a path that leads to destruction. And so the foolish person doesn't obey. So look at what it says here in Isaiah. Therefore, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I am placing a foundation stone in Jerusalem, a firm and tested stone. It is a precious cornerstone that is safe to build on. Whoever believes need never be shaken. What a great passage, you know, that we see here. And what Isaiah is pointing to, again, he is pointing to the Messiah. He's pointing to Jesus. He was pointing to the one that would come that would take away the sins of the world. He's, come, he's teaching, you know, these people. He said, hey, listen, there's one that is coming that will, that will literally wash away our sins. He will be our king. He will be our leader. And so Isaiah is talking about the Messiah, the one who would save his people. And so there's a, in, in ancient times, we talk about this cornerstone. And so I want you to read this. It says, in ancient times, builders have used cornerstones in their construction project. A cornerstone was the principal stone, usually placed at the corner of an edifice to guide the workers in their course. I mean, you talk about guiding. That's what Jesus does. He, he guides us in our life. And so the cornerstone was usually one of the largest, the most solid, and the most carefully constructed. And the Bible describes Jesus as the cornerstone on which his church would be built. He is foundational. Jesus is foundational. And so here, you know, it's talking about in the Old Testament that Jesus was the cornerstone. He, he was the one that, you know, you could count on. He was the one that was trustworthy and true. And so Jesus is that cornerstone. There's no getting around. Jesus is a cornerstone that we see in the Old Testament. Then here, look at what it says in, in Acts chapter 4. As Peter and John have, have been arrested and put in jail, they've healed a man who would, who would always come to the gate and he would stand there and, and he would beg for, for money from those that were going into the temple. And, and so what we see here is Peter and John walking in and, and they, you know, the guy says, hey, Peter says, hey, look at me. And the guy looks up and he's kind of reaching up like, do you have money for me? He goes, silver, gold, we have none. He says, but what we do have is we offer to you Jesus Christ. And he tells the man to get up and to walk. And he, he takes him by the hand and lifts him up. And everybody in the whole area, the, the whole Solomon's colonnade there were, were shaken by this. And they were wowed by this because this guy had been there as a regular for years. And so the, the priest and folks, they put, him, they put Peter and John in jail. And then they bring him in for this question. So look at what it says here in Acts chapter Four verses seven. It says they brought in the two disciples and demanded, "By what power or in whose name have you done this?" And, and so they're going, "Hey, how has this happened?" Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, "Rulers and elders of our people." And what he's saying, "Hey, listen, the rulers and elders of the Jewish people, rulers and elders of our people, are we being questioned today because we've done a good deed for a crippled man?" Do you want to know how he was healed? Now, this is a bold statement. Think, think about this. Peter's, this is the same Peter who abandoned Jesus whenever the, the religious leaders and, and the high priest literally were uh, taking Jesus through this mock trial. And they, he abandoned Jesus. But yet, man, he is filled with the Holy Spirit. He's got, he's got, man, he is just boldness right here. And then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, has this statement. He says, let me clearly state to all of you and to all the people of Israel that he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, the man that you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. I mean, he's, he's calling them out. He said, you're the one that crucified him. 
For Jesus is the one referred to in the Scriptures where it says, the stone that you builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. There is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. And what, so what Peter is, is saying there, say, listen, Jesus is the cornerstone, but you rejected him. The people of Israel have rejected him. Many of them, thousands were responding. Peter had already preached and thousands had come to know. And then even as he has, has shared uh, this uh, miracle with this, this man who was healed, there was like 5,000 people or men that had become followers of Christ. So this, this teaching called the way, this Jesus followers was becoming a real thing. And so he's saying there's no, there's no, there's salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. So here we are in the New Testament, and it's pointing to the powerful name of Christ, the cornerstone of the church, the, the, the powerful foundation that we need to build our lives on. And so here's the question. The key question is this. It's not how strong am I, but rather how strong is God? So like whenever they were asking Peter, Peter, how did you do this? Peter said, hey, we didn't do anything. It's the name of Jesus Christ. It is Jesus Christ, the cornerstone, that was able to heal him. And so for you and I, too often what we do is we ask this question, hey, am I strong enough? I'm not strong enough. I don't have what it takes. But the question is, is God, does God have what it takes? And we know that he is all-powerful, all-knowing, all-present. And, and so we know that, you know what, that God has everything that is needed. And, and God became flesh and dwelt among us. That's Jesus. And so Jesus is fully God, fully man. He dwelt among us. He went to the cross for you and for me. And he literally is the only way that we can be saved. And so the best thing that we can do is to start building our life on this cornerstone called Jesus. So the thing that we should do is to focus on his strength. So we focus on his strength, not my strength. We focus on the strength of our Heavenly Father. We focus on the strength of of the God that we serve. On the King of kings and Lord of lords and what Jesus can do. So we focus on... On his strength, not our strength. Whenever we start thinking that we've got it together and we're good enough and we're strong enough and we can handle that's whenever we will run into something that will humble us. And so the thing is, is we've got to be willing to say, God, you know, help me to focus on you. You think back to Moses at the burning bush. You know, Moses is kind of letting God know what he can't do. And God doesn't try to talk him into it and say, well, Moses, you know, you were part of the, 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 the you know, you were part of the, the uh, palace there, you were one of the princes of Egypt. You know, you've got what it takes. I mean, you've got the connection. Why don't you just go use what you have learned? That's not what God did. God began to let him know what he could do. So God begins to tell Moses, you know, I am the great I am. I can do whatever I say. And so God begins to let Moses know what he can do. It wasn't interested in what Moses was bringing to the table. He was letting Moses know what God could bring to the table. And that's what we've got to do. We've got to become like Moses to where, God, we want to hear from you. And, God, we want to focus on what you can do, not what we can do. And then here's the second one. Stand firm on the foundation of God's truth. Too often, man, you know, we're, we're swayed by whatever the teaching might be or whatever is popular. And many Christians, let me tell you, are, are notorious for whatever the latest book is out, whoever wrote it. And let me tell you, there are authors out there that have wrote great books on leadership, on families, all those things. But too often what we'll do is we'll focus on this one book rather than the book that matters, that, that's the Bible, the Word of God. And we'll want to change everything based on some person's opinion and what they think needs to happen. Now, if it's, if it's a book based on the Word of God, then, hey, man, that's a, that's a great book to read. But too often people will get swayed by some book that is out there that's the latest teaching or the most popular teaching or some kind of new concept and we say, hey, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow that. 
If you go back, Jesus said, hey, listen, if you'll follow my teaching, follow my word. And so here we see in the Gospels where, where Jesus is saying, hey, listen, stand on the truth of God's word. He's saying, I am the truth. And so look at what it says here. It says in, in John eight thirty one through 32. So Jesus said to the people who believed in him, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. And you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So Jesus is saying, hey, listen, if you know me, you know the truth. And the truth will set you free. One of the things that Jesus was, you know, promised is that he would come and set the captives free. And for the people of Israel, many of them, they were looking for a conquering king that would come in that would set them free from Roman rule. But what Jesus was saying, he would set them free from sin. And he would set them free from the bondage of sin. And he would give them eternal life. And so many of the people of Israel rejected the cornerstone. And that's what Peter was calling out. Look here in John fourteen six. Jesus says this. He told them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That's an exclusive statement. And for many people, they go, you know, is there not many roads to heaven? And Jesus said, no, there's only one. And it's through the person of Jesus Christ when we put our faith in who he is. Here in First Peter, look at what it says. Here's Peter speaking again. He says, get rid of all, all, all evil behavior. Be done with all deceit, hypocrisy, jealousy, and all kinds of unkind speech. It says, like newborn babies, you must crave pure spiritual milk so that you will grow into a full experience of salvation. Here's the thing. Every one of us ought to be hungry for the Word of God. That we're, we're, we're craving it like milk. We're craving it like nourishment. And too often, we'll just get a shot of, you know, the Word of God every once in a while. And we think, well, that's, that's good enough. But what we should be doing is craving it and desiring to meet with God, to read more of the Scriptures, to learn more about who God is so that we also see who we are. And so what Peter is saying, hey, listen, man, we should be desiring it, man, just craving it. Uh, it says, cry out for this nourishment. Now that you have had a taste of the Lord's kindness, you've experienced it, man, cry out for it. Say, God, I want to hear from you. God, I want to experience your, your word. It says, you're coming to Christ who is the living cornerstone. There's cornerstone again of God's temple. He was rejected by people, but he was chosen by God for great honor. He was rejected by the people that he was coming to save. And here's the thing, Jesus is still being rejected. There are people that will hear the gospel, and they'll say, man, that's not for me, not right now. And I tell people all the time, there's, there's not a wait uh, answer to the question, what do you do with Jesus? We either accept him or we reject him. We say, well, I'm not ready right now. Well, then you've rejected him. And if you say, well, you know, hey, well, maybe down the road, whenever I've got a few things done or I do a few things that I want to do or I experience a few things I want to experience, then I'll try to come to God. Well, you don't know if you'll ever get there. We don't know when we'll breathe our last. And so the thing is, is we've got to be able to say, God, I want to accept Christ right here, right now. I, I want to put my faith in him. I want to be saved. I want Jesus to come into my life. And, and again, look at what it says. It says, you're coming to Christ who is the living cornerstone of God's temple. He is what the church is made of. People, we, you know, we, we're doing a Connect class. We just did one online. We're going to be doing one in person. And to become a part of the church. But let me tell you, it, all of that is based on what you do with Jesus. If you receive Jesus Christ, you're part of the church. You're a part of the church. And, and so here we see it's, he's, he's the cornerstone. He was rejected by people but was chosen by God for, for great honor. And you are living stones that God is building into His spiritual temple. In other words, we are the church. We're the living stones that builds the church, the body of Christ. What's more, you are His holy priest. And through the meditation of Jesus Christ, you offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. 
as the scriptures say, I am placing a cornerstone in Jerusalem. There it is again. Chosen for great honor. And, and anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. What a powerful statement. Yes, you who trust, in, trust him recognize the honor God has given him. But for those who reject him, the stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. And so there are some that will reject Christ. And man, I pray that that's not you. I pray that you hear the gospel. I pray that you respond to Jesus Christ by faith. And that you say, you know what? I want my life built on him. He is truth. Jesus is truth. He is life. I want my life built on him. Look at what it says in Ephesians 2.20 here. This is Paul writing to the church at Ephesus. Together we are his house, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. There it is again. We are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. I mean, that scripture is clear that Jesus is where it starts. So where do we start? We start with Christ. You know, what have you done with Christ? Have you accepted him or have you rejected him? You might say, well, Mike, I prayed to receive Christ years ago. Have you followed his teaching? That's the evidence that you have really accepted Christ. You might say, well, Mike, I got saved years ago. I got saved when I was 12 years old. Have you lived according to his teachings? That's the evidence of a changed life. That's the fruit of a changed life. And if you've never put your faith in Christ, then let today be that day. And so here, Ephesians is clear, you know, that Jesus is the cornerstone. We become a part of that. And so, so what, what's, what's next? What's, so the next steps for me today. So where do I start? Where do I go from here? And I would say this. The, the first one is, is so important here. To accept Christ as the cornerstone of my life. To put your faith in Christ. You know, not to just hear it and agree, but walk away and not obey, but to hear it and to receive and so today, to accept Christ as, as the, the cornerstone, as the, the, the leader, the Lord of my life. And that, that, man, that's the most important thing you could do. Here, here's, here's another one. The second one is to build my life based on God's Word. Build my life based on God's Word. Not on what's popular teaching, what on, not on whatever the popular books are out right now, but based on the Word of God. What, is, what can I build my life on? The Word of God. Two things will last forever. The souls of men, they'll, they'll, they'll last forever for eternity in a place called heaven or a place called hell. And then the Word of God. The Word of God will last forever. And Scripture tells us that. That those things, those two things are the only things that will last forever. And so if we give Jesus our, our life, if we ask Christ to come into our life and be our leader, our Lord, and we build our life on the cornerstone of who Jesus is, here's the thing, we have built on a good foundation. We build our life on the Word of God, then we have built on a good foundation. Years ago there was a, there was a lot of people that were moving out west whenever they were settling the Wild West or the, the Old West. There were a lot of people that were trying to get to California and to Oregon. And it was a trail that would go up through the Rocky Mountains. And, and there was just one rock, this huge rock that was right in the way. And there were lots of wagon wheels that were broke on that rock. And there were lots of people that tripped over that rock going through the Rockies, getting to, to the West Coast out there. And so... A lot of people, you know, just got tired of that rock. And one guy finally dug that rock up. He rolled it down the hill and, and he put it in a creek. And, and that creek was kind of a cold creek. So a lot of people used that stone as a stepping stone to get across that creek. And, and so for years it sat there. And, and then there was some settlers that came in that didn't go all the way to California and all the way to Oregon. But they said, you know, what? we're going to settle here. And so a guy built a cabin not far from that creek and... And he took that big stone, he rolled that big old stone over to his house, and it became, the, the, you know, the doorstep for his house. And, and so he, he lived there for years. He had a grandson, you know, that would come to visit every once in a while. And so the, the towns grew around that little area. And, and his grandson ended up going back east to learn 
you know, uh, to get an education in, in geology. So when he was there, he, he learned a lot of different things. And so he comes back to his grandfather's house and, or his cabin, and he's sitting there, and he's looking at that rock, and he realizes there's something about that rock. And so anyway, the more he looks at that, he realizes that, you know what, there's something to that rock. And, and come to find out that rock was the biggest gold nugget deep inside of that rock and dirt was the biggest gold nugget east of the Rocky Mountains. And, and so this guy, he knew what kind of to look for. But for a lot of people, it had been a stumbling block. For a lot of people, it had been a stepping stone. And maybe for you today, you realize that Jesus, you know, not only is supposed to be the cornerstone of our life, but he's also to be the capstone of our life. And so he's the beginning and the end. And so for you, maybe for, for somebody out there today, they're going, you know what, Mike, that's me. I want to put my faith in Christ. I want to build my life on Jesus and his teachings. And so for you, you know, what will you do with this? the rock of Jesus Christ. Will you accept Him? Will you come to Him? Will you build your life on who Jesus is? And I pray that you will. I pray that today is the day of salvation for you. That you would choose to build your life on the cornerstone, Jesus Christ, and become a part of the church, the body of Christ, and live wisely as you follow His teaching. Let's pray. Father, I thank You for meeting with us today. And God, I pray that there's someone out there God, who hears this today, and they realize, God, they were the foolish builder. They've heard the Word of God. They've heard the Gospel, but they've never obeyed. And for maybe there's some out there that have never put their faith in Christ. They've heard the Gospel. They've thought about it, but they've rejected Him, thinking that one day they'll do that. God, let today be the day that they accept Him. And, Father, I pray that for someone out there, God, that they would literally put their faith in You. They would confess their sins. They would repent, they would turn from those sins and begin to follow you. And God, they would receive the greatest gift the world has ever been given. And that is life through Jesus Christ. So Father, I thank you for meeting with us today. And I pray that we would build our homes, that we would build our families on the cornerstone of Jesus Christ. And we know that if we build our life and our homes and our families on that solid foundation, God, it'll be, it'll be a place of refuge here in our community, and it'll be a place that will literally make a difference in the lives of people around us. Father, thank you for loving us, and thank you for saving us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Pastor Mike, for that first week of Family Foundations. It was such a great message. If you just made a decision to follow Christ, we want you to notice the greatest decision that you have ever made, and we want to walk with you with your next steps. If you would text the phrase, my decision to 94,000, we would love to help you as you start this journey with Christ. Now, we're going to bring our tithes and offering to God. I want to encourage you to trust God completely in this area of your life. And we do that through our giving. Now, we've made this super simple, so you should see a link on the screen and in the comment section to the Journey Church giving page. There, you can return God's tithe and offering. If you need any help learning how to give online, we have several tutorial videos on our YouTube page. Your giving allows us to continue making an impact for the gospel. So take that chance now and allow God to bless your obedience. Again, thank you so much for joining us online today, and we cannot wait to see you right back here next week.